The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. Today's episode is episode number 280. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer for the podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review so that when people search for help for addiction, we will pop up in the Google search. Also, please check out our YouTube channel by the same name, The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, and subscribe. Also, give us a thumbs up on our videos, and if you would like to be informed of when we have a new video going up, ring the bell. Today we have an interview with a really interesting gentleman. His name is Ray Banks. Ray was a former gang member and drug dealer. Then he became a drug user. He was a father at a very young age. His drug use caused him to hit rock bottom, rock bottom, and he landed in a drug rehab center. At this center, he was introduced to Restoration Ministries. Now, for over 31 years, he has been helping other men and women addicted to drugs to find a connection with God. He entered Restoration Ministries when it became clear to him that God called him to be there. After graduating from Harvey House in 1989, he worked an outside job while continuing to live at Harvey House. He eventually became the director there. In 1991, Ray started a youth group for teenagers in Harvey and surrounding suburbs, and he became a youth pastor at Spirit of God Fellowship in South Holland. He was also instrumental in starting Restoration Ministries' youth outreach programs. In May of 2020, Ray suffered a stroke. When his family asked for prayers on social media, more than a thousand replied that they were praying for him. Let's talk to this wonderful man, Mr. Ray Banks. Ray Banks, thank you for being willing to be on the podcast today and sharing your story. Uh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be on the podcast and share my story. Awesome. So, Ray, where did you grow up? I mean, and what was your childhood like? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. Grew up in a housing project. And um, it was very tough over there. You either had to be tough or you will be beaten. So I kind of grew up being tough. I was in fourth, or fourth, fourth grade. And um, it was really, really rough. I can imagine, like beat or be beaten. That's it. You, you get you, you beat or you will be beat. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I had um, four brothers and two sisters. Okay. We all lived over the project in the four bit bedroom apartment. Okay. And, uh, Were you the oldest or in the middle or the baby? Where did you fit into those seven? I kids? was next to the baby. Okay. Okay. So when you were young like that, were you exposed to drugs? Like, did you see people using drugs? Well, I saw people using drugs all the time. And uh, my, brother, my brothers, they all sold drugs. 
they were all selling drugs out of the house. Okay. And so um, I watched that for years, you know, them selling drugs. But uh, as I grew up into my teenage years, they all left the house and they all went to, to the beach. And then I was left alone in the house. And people kept coming back wanting to buy drugs. I knew where the drugs were, but I had never sold any drugs. So I decided drugs are right here. People got the money, I'll sell them. So, okay. And did you try them yourself or not yet? I had tried marijuana. It was all right. Didn't like it, but it was all right. How old but, were you? How old were you when you did marijuana, Ray? Uh, I was about twelve or thirteen years old. I got marijuana from my uh, from one of my teachers at school. From one of your teachers? Wow. Yeah. He would bring us all in this room, me and about four of the friends, and he uh, introduced us uh, you know, to marijuana. Well, he, he thought he was introduced to marijuana. And we uh, go to the coat room and we smoke it there. <laughs> and so that's how my addiction really, really got started, just by using drugs that way. Yes. And I, you know, we so often get people um, commenting on our podcast and say, oh, marijuana isn't a gateway drug. It doesn't lead to other drugs. I sort of think you would not agree with that statement, Ray. I, I don't agree with that statement because I was told the very first thing from my mother that Marijuana will cause you to want other things. You're going to want more and more and more. So it was a gateway drug. It's all other drugs. Exactly. And people argue with us about that all the time. And it's just, you know, it's even worse today because the marijuana of today has so much more THC. But um, I digress a little bit. Let's get back to your story. So did you progress from marijuana into other drugs? Yeah, I... I was selling marijuana all through high school to about my sophomore year. And then we started to experiment with heroin. We were snorted. And uh, I didn't know then that I was addicted to heroin Mm. because we always had it around. We always were selling drugs. We were always exchanging drugs. I didn't know then I was addicted to it. And when you say uh, we, Ray, you mean you and your friends who also sell drugs? Okay. Me and my friends who sell drugs. And uh, a friend of my brother-in-law's, I got a text to him. He got a text to me. And he was selling drugs. I started hanging out over his house a lot. And there I got uh, addicted to uh, mm. heroin. But I didn't know that I was addicted. I just thought it was just something some that we do. And that was when you were a sophomore in high school around yeah. then? Okay. Yeah. Wow, such a young age, Ray. 
Yeah. Yeah. Real how, young. How long were you addicted to heroin? Oh, man. <laughs> I say for about about 17 years. <sighs> then I went into cocaine. Then life just completely, completely got miserable then. Hmm. I worked my job pretty regular and sold drugs on the side. But I had this cocaine addiction, which I thought was no problem because I always had money for cocaine. What was your job, Ray? I was a candy maker at a candy factory. Okay. For Brock's. Okay. So I uh, go to work in the evening, get off at night, and I party all night, and then I sleep for a few hours, I go back to work. And that was my lifestyle. Okay. Now, I was just going to make a, a funny comment, is that is that you were fueling my addiction, which is sugar and candy, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now you're now you're doing cocaine, but you're still working. Um, were you married at the time? Yeah, I got married. Yeah, I got married. And did you? Have, and did you have children? Yeah, I had children. I ended up. We ended up with four children. Okay. Uh, did she know? Did your wife know about the cocaine? Yeah, she knew about it. And um, I had four children. Um, my oldest girl, she didn't want to experience most of my addiction because she was always around longer. The other two girls, they experienced him some. And my son, he did not experience it, but he grew up knowing that something was wrong. So, uh, yeah, people like to wife, think that little little kids don't aren't really aware. Like they're not going to remember what went on, and they do. Right. They know. Yeah, they know. I remember asking my daughter, "What did she remember about drug addiction?" And she said she remembered me giving her some money and she remembered me coming back to borrow that money back from her. I wanted to buy more cocaine and uh, we laughed about it. <laughs> I was dropping her off at cheerleading practice and when I went to go pick her back up for cheerleading practice I had to $20. I said, honey, here's that $20 that I borrowed from you years ago. And we laughed a lot about that. Hmm. We laughed a whole lot about that. So. so, Ray, what is it that, like the this podcast, we call it Point of No Return. And what, what we mean by that is, what was the point at which you said to yourself, I either have to get clean or I'm going to die or I'm going to end up in prison or I'm going to lose everything. What was that point for you? We was out partying one night. We did 
so much drugs. I don't know how much drugs we did. We did, we did a lot. We spent about twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. And uh, I told my cousin, "Man, I gotta go do something. I gotta get off this thing." And I went to a drug rehabilitation center. And um, I told my job what, what was going on with me. And they said, okay, go to the drug rehabilitation center. And I went there. And I stayed there for 28 days. And uh, I thought I was going to be clean after that. But I mm -hmm. wasn't clean after that. I went back again. For 28 days. Thought I was okay, but I wasn't okay. So all this thing went on again for another year, another few years. I'm thinking that I'm done with drugs. I want to quit drugs. And um, my wife, she had left me. Mm -hmm. She and uh, my kids. And uh, I was living in our apartment building all alone. I had no one. And I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit bad. But my wife, she went and found a drug rehabilitation center. It was a six-month program. And... Uh, she gave me the phone number. She said, go call this place. So I called them. But they said it'd be about a six-week wait before I can get <laughs> drugs in. Wow. But I have to call once a week. I don't know how I did it. But. I was able to make that call. And I got into that program. And there was a church that used to come out to the program. A church called Spirit of God Fellowship. And uh, this young lady, she told me all about Jesus Christ. He told me he was going to save me. And then he loved me in spite of my sin. And I believed her. As Jesus Christ into my heart. But I was so prejudiced. I went to a black church. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, as Jesus Christ here. And um, I thought everything would go well with it. I got out the drug rehabilitation center. My heart filled with Jesus. And 
about three weeks later, maybe four weeks, I don't know, I was back using drugs again. I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. But I was back using drugs again. Hmm. So I decided after long deal with drugs, drug selling, using drugs, selling drugs out of abandoned building and all that stuff. I decided I would call the drug rehabilitation center again. But I wasn't going back for what the drug rehabilitation center had to offer. I was going back because of the people that I had met in the Bible study. So I went back there and I got back into the program. They told me since I had been there already, they get me in right away. I didn't have to wait just six weeks. They told me to go to the intake center and a van would come there and pick me up. The night before going to the intake center, my buddies came over and they was ready to let's get party. <laughs> I partied with them for a little while but it was the Holy Spirit I know now said don't go with them and I didn't go with them my clothes were still wet they were being dry I said I gotta get down to the center so I packed them up in my bag Still wet. And I went to the intake center, then the van picked me up. And I went back into the drug rehabilitation center, and the same lady reading the same scripture, mm -hmm. saying the same thing she said before, but she didn't recognize me. Ah. And then I told her who I was. She said, wow. He's only been a year. <laughs> <laughs> but they had this place. They were opening up called Restoration Ministries. It was a drug rehab center for men like myself who needed to be trained in the ways of God. And it was six of my program then. I said, when I leave here, that's where I'm going. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. Or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Sometimes, the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, 
a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Because I knew that I needed something more. Because I had been to drug rehabilitation, drug rehabilitation, I had been seeing psychiatrists and everything. But I knew that that wasn't helping me. And I knew that I needed to know the ways of God. And so I had my counselors telling me I should do this and do that. But I said, no. I think I'm going to learn the ways of God. Hmm. And they were really looking at me strange. Whenever I said, I'm going to learn the ways of God. And so uh, I hung in through the program, got out of that program, and went straight into Restoration Ministries. Wow. And man, I went into Restoration Ministries. And I didn't like the place at all. <laughs> Why not? Number one, I thought that white people were racist. <laughs> but I got there and I found out that all people are racist, <laughs> including me. And uh, I didn't like the fact that I was around all the white people. <laughs> and uh, the, the church was about 90% white, too. And I said, man, I cannot do this. But God gave me a challenge. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you don't like this place. Why don't you give it one month? And then after one month, we'll make a decision. I said, okay. One month won't be bad. I had six months clean time for the drug rehabilitation. I had one more month. I should be good. After that month, um, we were doing that month, I got rid of my black book with all my friend numbers in it, and I threw it in the garbage. Smart man. But I did not take my garbage out. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> it stayed in my room for about three weeks. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. It was a test. Yeah. So I threw the garbage out. And that month was strict. It was really good. So I decided I'll give it another month. 
And so I stayed there. And I stayed there one month at a time. And each new month, I would say, what are you going to do? You're going to go, you're going to stay. I said, well, things are getting good. I think I'd rather stay. And I stayed there. Now it's been 31 years. I was going to say, how long ago was that? Yeah, yeah, you definitely stayed. You know, yeah. just really well done on staying and staying clean and sober. And I, I want I want you to tell us about, you know, the things that you've been doing and the people that you've been helping. But I really just, I just want to validate you for, for doing that. You know, for getting through it and sticking it out. Well done, you. Well, the deal was that in order for me to stick it out, I listened to the people who were around me. I had no answers for my life. I listened to Dr. Sullivan, Manny Gonzalez, and all the men that were around me. They told me what to do. And that's when I did it. I learned to submit to authority. And I learned to allow these men to uh, wash my back and to keep me clean. And, uh, and they taught me a very, very good thing. They taught me how to do the same, that I can now wash the other men's back. That's huge. That's huge, Ray. Yeah. And so through my connection with Jesus Christ, he connected me to men like Virgil Talbot, Manny Gazzano, Dr. Sullivan. And all the rest of the men that were in my life, I listened to them. And then whatever I learned from them, that's what I teach mm -hmm. others. And now. And you're successful at it, aren't you? You're helping oh, other men stay clean yes, and sober. Yes. That's huge. It's huge. There's really. a lot of men. Oh, black, white, Mexican, Hispanic, all of them, they are doing well now because of the ministry that I've been doing, that we've been doing. Brother. Yep. That's awesome. Thank you. Just thank you for everything you're doing. I mean, you're giving back in such a big way. And I know that it has not always been easy for you. I know you had some health issues a couple of years ago, but you're still there and you're still helping and you're still giving back. You know, um, God definitely had a purpose for you, Ray, and a purpose for you to get clean and sober. And I, you're, you're fulfilling that purpose. Yeah, I had some health issues. But God and brought me back. And he's bringing me back. Uh, he's not ready to let you go yet. No. You have more work to do. Right. I remember 
being caught up with a stroke. And for the life of me, I did not know what was going on with me. Because when I had the stroke, strange things began to happen. One, I couldn't talk right. Mm. You hear me talk now. This is unbelievable. Two, I couldn't walk. I had no feeling on my right side. And three, I couldn't even bring my hand up, but now I could bring it up and I could touch my chin. All because of God breaking healing. And one thing I heard God say, Ray, you will speak to people again. Wow. I could say that because I had an anaphasia. Well, whatever came to my mind, I could say it. Right. But I got a wife. Stupid Smart lady. And she put her trust in God. And she knew that he was healing me. No, she stood by me. She was my mind, because I wasn't thinking straight. She was my mouth. She knew everything that I wanted to say. She was my hands. She was my feet. She did everything. And I love her for that. I know. Can understand, now yeah. And now she's my number one encourager. There you go. She's encouraged me to write a book. Oh. It'd be called 30 Days. Be called 30 Days of uh, Preparation. Something about 30 Days. Okay. I will be coming out with that. That's very exciting. Is she still there in the room with you, Ray? Yes. Can she say hello? Come over here. Right. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful lady. Hi. <laughs> she is a beauty. She, she oh was my goodness. Hands my feet. Yeah. You are beautiful and, and you've taken you. you've done amazing things with this wonderful man. And you know, as you know, God was not done with him. And thanks yeah. to you and a lot of the work that you've done as well as God, he's back now. This is amazing. Yes. <laughs> well yes, well done back. to you both. I mean, really, thank you both. You know, what's your name, sweetheart? Deneen. Deneen, thank, thank you for just being there for Ray and supporting him. And because, Ray, you're making a difference in people's lives. And just thank you both. 
Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I'm holding it together, but I got tears in my eyes too. You guys, <laughs> seriously, I mean, it's yeah. it's just such a beautiful story, and you're you're just you're giving back. Thank you both, really. Thank you so much for your faith and your your willingness to not give up. Yeah, and uh, I I want to give up, but then I thought about it. What would I be giving up? You know, I thought about what can I do. So I said I'm gonna continue to fulfill my legacy with the guys in the program, and I'm gonna write a book. And that, uh, and that's been exciting for me. Very exciting. Will you will you be sure? You know, we have your email because we emailed you. Will you be sure and let us know when your book is done and when it's going to be published? Because every week we send out an email when we uh, the day after the podcast goes up, and we we want to promote it because I think that your story is very impactful. And I think, you know, the fact that you're here today and still helping others through their recovery, it, it's just, it's amazing. It is, you know, um, I see more and more guys sharing the testimony, uh, leading worship, mentoring other men, uh, uh, a co-pastor to other churches. I mean, I sometimes forget that I've been with these guys, but now you know I hear them talking about things I said that I don't even, even remember I said them, but that little thing helped turn your life around. And you what's know, happening to these men is the same thing that happened to me, but all those other men were misery and were misery me in my life. You know, when you help one man, Ray, it's a ripple effect. And that one man who is able to find their faith get clean, get sober, and stay that way, they then affect others. It's a ripple in a pond, Ray, and you've put all of these pebbles there, and you've started all of these different ripples, and we need about a million more of you, and a million more of you, Denis, lovely wives who help their husbands go through something like this. So really, thank you both so much for talking to us today. You're you're amazing you're helping in a situation that needs just so much help today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for the addiction podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed the interview today. Quite the success story. This is a gentleman who went through it all and really figured out how to give back and is giving back in a huge way. He um, said that the program at the Restoration Ministries is, can be anywhere from 12 to 18 months, which is a good thing to know. It's located at 253 East 159th Street in Harvey, Illinois, which I think is a suburb of Chicago. And the website is um, restorationministries.com.
net. And if you're watching this, then I will pop it up on the screen. If you're listening, I'll give it to you one more time. It's restorationministries.net. So thank you so much for listening. If you know someone who needs to be, um, who needs treatment, drug abuse treatment, then please reach out. We've given you so many resources. And if you need more, if you still aren't sure where to go, feel free to reach out to us. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. And we always answer that email. So feel free to reach out to us. Everybody have a great rest of the week. And we'll talk to you again. We'll have another interview coming right up. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.